For Christians, today is always a very wonderful and special day. What we remember today, no one can take away from us. What we mark today, no one can take away from us. The value that today brings to our lives, no one can overlook. But interestingly and unfortunately, the entire world, the people of the world, they don't like to hear about today. They don't like to hear you talk about the resurrection. Even though they know it is true. But they would rather keep it silent. They don't want us to say it. Tell your neighbor Christ is risen. Tell your neighbor Christ is risen. Tell your neighbor that Christ is risen. And that he is risen indeed. The people of the world will not mind joining you to mark the birthday of Jesus. They will throw around carnivals, parties. They have a Father Christmas. In fact, this last Christmas, I also saw Mother Christmas. Next Christmas, perhaps there will be a son and daughter Christmas. They want to celebrate the birth of Jesus with you. They want to go shopping in all the places. They want to give you many gifts. They want to say, yes, it is Christmas. But once it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, they want to draw back. You know why? People of God, do you know why? Because they want to deny the very foundation of our faith. But you know what? They just cannot. No matter how they try, they cannot. Because we have the ultimate gift in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. They also want to agree with us that Jesus came, suffered, you know, he was beaten. He went to the cross, but they don't want to go further than that. When you tell them that Jesus died, many of them still say, no, he didn't die. Actually, what happened was that he was such a good man that God made him vanish. Some of them will say, well, he was switched for somebody else. They don't want to accept again that he died. Why would they not accept that he died? Because they know that in accepting that he died, they would have been accepting that our sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. By God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. With the coming of Christ, we also know that the soul that sins shall no longer die. The soul that sinned, with the coming of our Lord Jesus, and with us, not needing any other argument, the soul that sinned shall no longer die, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. For Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. The people of the world desire that we continue to carry our guilt about. Our guilt of sin. Our guilt of mother, of immorality. Various kind of guilt that we carry about. Some of us, ten baggages, some hundred, some fifteen. Some, much more than Manasseh carried. But they won't want you to remember that Jesus came and died for you. They will say, well, he died very many years ago. Old-fashioned story. How are you sure that it will suffice for you this time? Brethren, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Somebody else, Hebrews 9, 12. 
Hebrews 9.12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He entered once, unlike the priest of old who will enter several times, not even using their own blood, but the blood of bulls and rams. Hebrews 10.10 Under this new plan, we have been forgiven and made clean by Christ dying. Once and for all. Many times when we come to the table of the Lord, we sing that song. Once, only once, and once for all. His precious life he gave. But we don't know what it means. We just sing it and we, you know, we just walk and we receive communion. Very powerful words spoken by scripture itself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What is it that is our sin that the death and blood of Jesus cannot erase? How much sin have we committed? Could you have been more adulterous than David? Who even committed murder alongside? Or could you have been more disobedient than Saul? Or could you have been more rebellious than Manasseh? King, son of Hezekiah, who even went ahead to sacrifice his own children, who went ahead to bring idols, other gods, into the Lord's temple. Your sin could not have been more than those. And even if they are, even if they are, once and only once, Christ shed his blood for the purpose that those sins may be cleansed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With the resurrection of Jesus, the fact that Jesus is risen, we can overcome every challenge that comes our way because he is risen. You know, if Jesus did not rise, some of us would have been hiding our faces when we preach Jesus. We will be hiding our faces because we will be saying we are not really sure. We're not, you know. But with the resurrection of Jesus, we are bold to preach the gospel and to say that yes, it does not matter what challenge we face. It does not matter what comes our way. It does not matter how many times, how many years those challenges have been there in our places of work. It does not matter how many promotions should have come our way and they haven't come. It does not matter how many children we have desired from the Lord and they have not come. It does not matter how many times we have asked the Lord to bring healing to us and it has not come. But the Lord died that we shall be victorious, we shall be overcomers. Was there anybody in scripture who called on the name of the Lord for help and the Lord did not help him? Many of them had challenges along the way. Was it Zacchaeus? The Bible will begin by saying that Zacchaeus was a short man. Telling you that he had his own limitations. He was a short man, but he desired to see Jesus. And how was it that Jesus saw him? He saw him because he searches the whole, he searches each and everyone's heart. He sees the heart of every man. He knows exactly what you're thinking, what you desire. And he knows when you are searching him truly from your heart of hearts. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Or was it the woman with the issue of blood who had suffered for many years in the hands of doctors, in the hands of neighbors, in the hands of brothers and sisters? But despite that, the crowd was around her, preventing her from reaching out to Jesus. But that singular move that she made, she received her healing. Today, by the power of the resurrection of Jesus, by the fact that the Lord Jesus is risen, just reach out. Reach out. Reach out. Let the Lord see that you are searching out for him. That you desire him. And all our challenges shall be overcome in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The songwriter says, cast your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares for you. Taken from Psalm 55 verse 22. We know that song. Let's sing it. Cast your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares for you. Cast your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares for you. Higher, 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 higher. Higher, Jesus, higher, higher, Jesus. I know you're feeling like you're in a Sunday school. It's it's good to feel like that. For if our hearts are not like those of children, how then shall we see the kingdom of God? Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty eight. It says, "Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest." I will give you rest. Come unto the Lord Jesus today. He has risen from the dead. He has overcome death. What more can he not overcome? What more can he not overcome? Even in the Old Testament, we saw dry bones come back to life. How much more with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Joshua chapter 21 from verse 44 to 45. Let's see what happened there. Joshua 21, 44, 45. Talking about the children of Israel. Joshua 21, 44. And the Lord gave the children of Israel rest round about, according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. They have failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord will give you rest on all sides in the name of Jesus. You, you don't believe it. The Lord will give you rest on all sides in the name of Jesus. You still don't believe it. The Lord will give you rest on all sides in the name of Jesus. Now you believe it. I know. The people of the world will want you to de-emphasize resurrection. They don't want you to talk about it. Recently I heard in the news that the Kaduna state government said, well, quote and unquote, that Easter holidays should not be marked. I decided to find out the truth myself, so I went online. And I saw that he was actually saying, well, you should mark Easter holidays. Mark it, I understand that, mark it, but it should not disrupt the school calendar. 
So for some of us, we will say, well, that is okay. After all, he's been, you know, academic in nature. That's good. The children should go to school. But brethren, for us, it may not matter. It doesn't mean anything. But what is he trying to do? Indirectly, the people of the world are trying to de-emphasize the resurrection, Easter, the very Easter, the very purpose for which our salvation was sealed. Praise the Lord. Even though they know, that's even the surprising thing. These same people of the world, they know that Jesus actually resurrected. Surprise, they even know it more than the apostles. The apostles, when Jesus, where we read John chapter 20, if you read that passage very clearly, 1 to 16, you will find that scripture said that when John came and peeped, he believed. But he went further to say that they had not yet understood the scripture. Sometimes I wonder, what did he now believe? What was it that he actually believed? Was it that he believed that Jesus had been stolen or taken away? What did he believe? I'm not so sure what he actually believed. Because eventually, after he had believed, what did they do? Scripture said they went to their homes. Anticlimax. Someone comes to tell you, look, your master, your master, the Lord Jesus, I, we can't find him again. And you run. You know, I was expecting that much more was going to happen. They ran to the tomb. When they got there, they believed. When they saw, but they went to their homes. Thank God for Mary. Scripture said that Mary remained. May you remain where the Lord will find you today in the name of Jesus. She stooped down and she saw the angel who spoke to her. May you stoop down to see the things that the Lord is yet going to do in your life in the name of Jesus. Matthew 28, 11 to 15. We'll read that quickly. Just to let you know that the people of the world actually know that Jesus resurrected. If you find it, read, please. Matthew 28, 11 to 15. As the women were on the way into the city, some of the temple police who had been guarding the tomb went to the chief priest and told them what had happened. A meeting of all the Jewish leaders was called, and it was decided to bribe the police to say they had all been asleep when Jesus, when Jesus' disciples came during the night and okay. stole his body. Okay, so they knew, but they conspired to tell a lie. Go on. If the governor hears about it, the council promised we will stand up for you and everything will be all right. So the police accepted the bribe and said what they were told to. Their story spread widely among the Jews. And is still believed by them to this very day. Did you hear that verse 15? It says, so they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying, this saying that his disciples took him, that it is not true, is commonly reported among the Jews. Until when? Until when? Is that not in your own Bible? Until this day, that report is still going around, even though they know it is a lie. Until this day, they are still telling the same story. And many of us Christians, when we gather, you know, with our friends, we begin to argue with them. Argue. Invited commas. Some of us say it is not argument. We argue with them. We say it is not, uh, okay, Jesus died. They say, no, he didn't resurrect. They say, no. We begin to argue with them. But they know. They know. Praise the Lord. 
And when they argue with you, they bring all sorts of parameters. They say science has proven. They say this, biology has shown. Biology is also science. What again do we have apart from science? Hmm? Arts. They say arts. Uh, Arts too is a science. Anyway, but they say science has proven that it is not true. But I just want to ask us a question. You know, when they say this, what, what do we say in return? We want to begin to also discuss with them and say, well, look at this evidence, look at that evidence. Last, the last time I talked about resurrection, I also brought out some evidences as to why the resurrection story is very true. We talked about the clothes, that nobody could have stolen Jesus without his clothes. We talked about the empty tomb. We talked about the large stone that uh, even his disciples could not have the courage to come near, not to talk of push away. We gave many reasons. But today the Holy Spirit says, no, don't refer them to those proofs again. Because they know. Don't try to convince them. They know it is true. Always refer them to the scripture. So when the scientists say there is no proof, we don't have enough proof, I ask you, brethren, is it possible to measure temperature with a wall clock? Is it possible? Is it possible to determine the time by using a thermometer? It is just not possible. It is not possible to measure, to determine whether the resurrection is true or not by using science. Because it defies science. What science says is that when man dies, he will remain where he has died and he will rot away. Believe me when I say that I have gone to the mortuary several times in recent past. So I see people who die and they remain there. So, by science, you can't prove it. So why even try? So how did Paul prove his own to those who did not believe? The Corinthian Christians. What did he tell them? 1 Corinthians 15. Let's, let's go there, please. 1 Corinthians 15. From verse 3 to 5. If you find it, please read. For I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also Paul was talking to the Corinthian Christians. For I delivered to you first of all, go on. That which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. That which I also received, go on. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. How Christ died for our sins, according to what? According to science. According to scriptures. He didn't say, remember, science had been in existence at that time. Don't think he started today. But he was delivering scripture to them. It was according to scripture. Please proceed. Again, the third day, according to scripture. That he rose again the third day, according to what? Yet again, according to scripture. Please proceed. That he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So how is it then that when you want to preach to people, you begin to want to use science, evidences, that the resurrection so much outweighs? It is just not possible. Refer them to the scripture. Refer them to what? The scripture. Let those who have ears hear what the Spirit has to say. Praise the Lord. 
the resurrection also provides us with great insurance for the future. Great insurance for the future. Many of us are familiar with the way insurance companies run in the world. They say, well, we will not pay because he died from this or from that. They say, well, we will not pay because he was, uh, he, 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 he didn't sleep well in the night before he had the accident. But the insurance company of heaven says that once you are in Christ Jesus, you are already insured and there is no bet, no bet. Praise the Lord. Our spirits, our soul, our new bodies that we shall have, all are insured. Listen to this, brethren. Recently, my sister-in-law, while we were preparing for uh, my late brother's burial, she sent me a text and she said, Why are you people praying for a successful burial? Why are you not praying for my husband to come back to life? Are you not like other pastors in scriptures? And she began to mention several pastors in scriptures. Are you different from them? What kind of prayer are you people saying? For a moment I held my breath. I didn't know how to reply that message initially. Until the Lord spoke to me. And I called her. I said, look. Do you recall that this same husband of yours was raised from dead even last year. He said, um, yes, it's true. Did you think that he would not die again like Lazarus? He kept quiet. And I said, do you know that the worst has not yet happened? You know, you may lose somebody and you think that the worst has happened. And I said, do you realize that the worst has not yet happened? If you read the book of Job, you will understand. <laughs> even for Job, the worst did not happen. I said, while the servant was yet speaking, another one will come in and say, this and so was happening and your children all perished. Why that one was, another one will come in and say, why this? I said, do you realize that the worst has not yet happened? That it is possible to keep silence now. And then the, the children who are going to come back from school, those who will be traveling down, uh, many more things. On that day, you know, I began to make her understand that there is a lot of reason even in that situation, to go to, to go to God in appreciation for the things he has done already. Praise the Lord. And I told her, I said, do you not also know about the coming resurrection? Do you not know? She said, which one is that? I said, second, I mean, first Corinthians 15, 20 to 23. Insurance by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. He is risen. But there is a coming resurrection. And the question is, is your own life insured? So that when that resurrection comes, it is not about somebody coming back to life. You know, you, you somebody is ill, he gets well. After he gets well, what then? Okay, he's very sick, he's unconscious, he comes back to life. After he comes back to life, what next? Because there is a coming eternity. There is a coming resurrection. When that time comes, will he also resurrect along with the saints? Praise the Lord. Philippians 3.20, it says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Somebody read it from another uh, 
scripture, maybe from good news. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Philippians the Lord. 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I, I love that language. For our citizenship is not of Nigeria, not of America, but of heaven, from which we look for the coming Christ. Hallelujah. Let us pray. What shall separate you from the love of Christ? Brethren, what sin will separate you from the love of Christ? What sin is it that is too heavy that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse? Talk to the Lord at this time. Come unto him in penitence, in repentance. For Christ died that we may no longer die. You are here this morning and you do not yet have that witness that you are a child of God, that you have received the peace, that you are born again. You are still struggling. You are still living according to your own manner of life. This is the opportunity that light has come through the world and those areas of darkness in your life will run away. This morning you want to commit yourself to serve the true God like Josiah made everyone to do. That you will have a witness that your sins are forgiven and that you know peace in Christ. That's your desire. Please, wherever you are, raise your hand. Let's pray together with you. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. That is the reason why this word comes. The greatest cleansing of the world is to cleanse from sin. Sin to make you a saint born again. Sin to make you more like Christ when you have come unto him. I want to have that witness in me that I'm a child of God. That I've been restored and justified with him. That I won't struggle all by my own. Please raise your hand where you are. So we'll pray together with you. Thank God for you. Please repeat this prayer after me as you're here. With all penitence and from the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You gave your life on the cross for my sins. Today, I come to my senses. I repent of my past life and I yield myself to you. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. Cleanse me of my past and give me the power to live for you from today. By your own mercy, thank you. In Jesus' name. Lord, as many as receive you, to them you give the power to become your children, who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not by the will, the desire, the design of man, but by your power. And in that same way that you make a change in a heart that no one understands, Lord, a mystery which you work out, you justify us and count us as if we've never sinned. We ask that your touch of a change and a difference 
will be upon these ones. And Lord, their lives will never be the same anymore in the name of Jesus. Let the old pass away. Let all things in their life become new. And Father, lead them in the path of righteousness unto their life end, in obedience to your will, living a holy life that honors you now and the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray.